You're listening to Creators in Saigon, a podcast based in the rapidly modernizing city of Saigon, Vietnam. I'm Dana, and together with my co-hosts, Tuesi and Nico, we interview the most inspiring creative entrepreneurs Saigon has to offer on topics about life, relationships, creativity, business, health, and more. We are all coaches specializing in different areas, but our common goal is to inspire you to reach your full potential in these areas and improve the quality of your life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Creators in Saigon podcast. Today you have Dana hosting, and today we're speaking with Tam Nguyen. She's a Saigonese and the founder and host of Vietnam Rising, a business podcast that focuses on stories from up-and-coming entrepreneurs and names in Vietnam and why this is the place to be. The show is being broadcast across more than seven platforms, including YouTube, and is listened to by audiences worldwide. I personally love the diversity of guests she has on the show, experts on everything from technology to business to environment to dancing, and it seems to me to be all about innovation and bringing something new to Vietnam and solving complex problems. So, of course, I was curious as a fellow podcaster to know how this all started for her, how she chose this niche, what fears she had, and how she overcame them, and what her future plans are. So we learn all of that and more in this episode. You definitely don't want to miss it. So without further ado, here is Tam Nguyen. So you are in Singapore right now, right? Yes, that's correct. Mm. And how long have you been there? I've been here six months ago since January. So I'm basically technically stuck in Singapore. I actually came here to visit my long-term boyfriend, long-term boyfriend. Uh, last year, because of the COVID, we had like about 10 months. We didn't able to see each other. Mm. So last year, I decided, you know, like I need to see him for at least a month. So basically what I did is I record so much podcast episode mm-hmm. before I leave. And then I went here into Singapore. And unfortunately, because Vietnam has the recent outbreak in, uh, in Lunar New Year, and also now, so uh, I, I'm, I'm unable to come back yet. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. But I guess it's been nice to have all that extra unexpected time with your boyfriend. Yes, that's, that's, that things has been very interesting for sure, because it turns from a just, you know, a vacations break to coming to living in new countries, experience and um, getting to know the people in the city here. So it's definitely a very interesting time for me right now. Everything is kind of like on hold right now, for sure. Um, right. Like, yeah. So my, um, yeah, so my podcast team, um, Vietnam Rising, so me and my team, we all are remote, right? And basically we went through all my Vietnam, like the, all the stock media that I have done before I left to Singapore last year and luckily that able to last us for six months so we just you know ran out like like last month or something Mm -hmm. so now we kind of like taking a break to see what's the next step for Vietnam Rising and what are the next theme that we want to bring and what kind of the guests that we want to bring on uh, Mm -hmm. in the next season yeah okay good so you're still planning on moving forward with it yeah, I think I think podcasting has created tremendous change in my life. Last year I started it. I and it has been a year I have met so many amazing people. I actually met my team members from the podcast itself. Oh. And and yeah, I, I I want to dedicate even if it's not making money or it's just my personal projects, but I still want to do it at least for two, three years. So amazing. we've one so now we are one year down since the launch of it and now we are going to our second year yeah. mm-hmm. okay so let's jump back to the beginning then what inspired you to start vietnam rising mm, great questions <laughs> mm-hmm. um my i think the reason i start vietnam rising is because i needed a change in my personal life so my, my still full-time jobs is my business in uh, logistics. Mm-hmm. So this is like a family business that I've been working since I graduated from school. And, and in 2019, I hit 
about nine years, uh, sorry, five years mark being in the jobs. So around like five years mark, you will often question yourself if this is the right path for you, if it's something that you want to pursue more or not. And uh, because it's my first and only job at that time, I was kind of like, I don't know if this is something that I want to be pursued or committed in the next 10, 20 years without even trying other things. What, what so, kind of gave you those first feelings of, oh, I don't know if this is for me. Were there any particular situations that happened that started to bring up those questions for you? No, because I always have those questions. So in, in my, my family, we always kind of, we are entrepreneur, all entrepreneur. So it has been running in the, the family or in, or at least to between me and my parents is that anyone as entrepreneurs should able to create something on your own, right? Mm-hmm. So for them, they create their businesses and they run this for 10, 20 years, 30 years already. But for me, as somebody that's helping them, helping them like the next, the second generations, because of learning from their philosophy, I start, I also always have this kind of like missions to create something on my own as well. Mm-hmm. So after learning a lot from the family business, then I kind of decided that I also want to try to create something on my own to at least understand the feeling of building something from scratch. So at the five years mark, it's kind of like hit me where I'm like, this is not something that I want to, I'm not 100% sure about yet. So I want to explore and uh, experiment with other things outside of what we do is logistic so that I can learn and then I can grow. And yeah. 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 That makes so much sense that, that urge to break off and do something for yourself. I think I had similar feelings. Was there a lot of trial and error in terms of what exactly you were going to try next? Or was it, did you know that you wanted to start a podcast and you just jumped right into that? Or what was that journey? I think it has to come with a lot of self-reflections. So um, there, there was not a lot of trial and error. I didn't try a lot of things, but I wanted to do something that is true to my heart. Like I want to do something that I feel the joy of doing it. I want to do something that I feel like I'm contributing and I truthfully loving to do it. So I kind of like go back into answering these kind of questions. Number one is what is something that brings me joys in my daily life? Mm-hmm. Number two, what kind of value I want to provide and giving to other people? And uh, yeah, so I use those two questions to kind of like reflecting on and see what are the answer for those. Mm-hmm. So the first question is, what is something that I enjoy doing a lot, which is um, talking to people? So my, lear- my way of learning and growing is to talking to a lot of people, learning, absorbing their knowledge in many different fields, and then creating my own kind of knowledge. So as in my career, my personal life, I've connected many, many people in many different fields. And what I learn and enjoy the most is to learn what they are passionate about and what are the inside that they know in their own expertise. So it's, I'm not sure how about you, but for me, it's very normal for me to meet someone for the first time and sitting there talking to them for like two to like four hours. Yes, definitely. Like, yeah. Yeah. So my kind of conversations, even like when I go to the event, right? I, I go to a lot of business events and usually my kind of networking is not hanging out and finding, talking to like 10, 20 people, but I would actually just talk about like five people and there would be a while, around one to two person where I really click and then we just like ignore the entire event and then just really talk and kind of like connect with each other. So those are the things that has been always bring joys to me. And it always feel like people kind of open up to me a lot in different things. Mm-hmm. Number two is what kind of 
So because of that, I feel like my form of creations should be podcasting because it's a long form format where you kind of talking and you kind of sharing your deeper kind of conversations rather than just marketing and selling yourself. So that's the answer for the first questions for me, podcast. And then the second questions for me was what kind of podcast or what is the topics that I want to share and bring values to people? And this goes back to me being the industry of logistics where we basically help and build infrastructures for uh, Vietnamese products to export overseas. Since the beginning of my work in logistics, what I've been doing, has always been doing, is to find ways and find opportunities for Vietnamese products, Vietnamese entrepreneurs, Vietnamese fans, to be able to sell overseas. And because of this, I decided that Vietnam Rising should be focusing on sharing about entrepreneurs, brands that are doing good, that are worthy to know about in Vietnam. I can definitely resonate with being at big events or being at parties and just like cl- like connecting to that one person and just having a super deep conversation the whole time that's exactly like me as well was it was was it how you created started your podcast too? how do you find this form of communications or media as something that you like to pursue yeah kind of like i think Actually, there was something here in Saigon called Leading Women a few years ago. I don't know if you ever heard about it, but it was basically almost like a TED Talk kind of setup where we would have a topic or a theme for the night and five to six people could come up to the front stage to give like a short little speech on that topic or to tell their story in some way, share a story, um, read something, whatever it is they needed to do to express themselves. And the topic would be things like mental health or sex or like solo travel. And it was basically a safe space for women and men Mm could come, they could sit in the audience and listen, but it was pretty much only for women to express themselves because so often in the rest of society, we are silenced. So I just heard so many different stories from women and it allowed me to, uh, it helped in my self-awareness, self-discovery process because I would hear parts of my story in other people's stories and just think, wow, I thought I was the only one experiencing that, but here's someone else who had the same difficulty and they overcame the challenge. Now I have hope. So for me, I just wanted a platform to be able to continue sharing stories in an in-depth way with the hope that people listening could you know, hear a piece of their story in someone else's story and either have a piece of hope or be inspired to change. I really wanted to inspire people to go outside of their comfort zone and try new things because that was such a healing part of my journey in terms of leaving my home, coming to a new country, starting a podcast, doing all these things to grow my confidence. And yeah, just there's so many interesting people in Saigon to talk to. So it's really easy to find those inspiring people and share their stories. That's great. So, so why do you focus and choose uh, creators over like other kind of groups to cover on your podcast? There's such a creative vibe here in Saigon, first of all. And I think I kind of had a similar idea as you where I wanted to show the outside world, like all the cool, interesting things that are happening here in Vietnam, because at least coming from America, people tend to just see Vietnam, they just think of the war and they just think of like a poor third world country uh, and people you know, at the beginning, when I first came here, we're like, why would you go there? Like, that's crazy. What, what is there in Vietnam? So I really just wanted to showcase 
the cool, interesting things happening here. And I'm just naturally always drawn to and inspired by creative people. Um, I don't know why, I guess just because it's something different and unique. And I wanted to, I really wanted to show people that you don't need a lot of money to start some kind of new hobby or whatever it is that you are, whatever idea you have, you're wanting to do. You can start with just your phone. Like I started the, my podcast with just my phone and the quality was terrible, but at least <laughs> I started or inviting like bloggers on the show who they talk about how their first blog was so terrible and they had no idea what they were doing uh, or filmmakers who made a whole film with just their phone. So just showing people that it's okay to not know what you're doing. It's okay if everything's not perfect, but just to get started and you'll figure it out as you go. Yeah. So I, I actually in Benai, I, I hang out with a lot of expats, like either creators or people in the business team. And what kind of, so I would actually see kind of the similar things for you, right? A lot of people actually are coming. There's Vietnamese that are born overseas, that they are the second generations in US, Canada, et cetera. Yeah. But because they have not discovered and have not lived in Vietnam, they kind of come back to explore their uh, mother countries. Or there are people like you where you kind of like discover Vietnam somehow and you kind of mm-hmm. like fall in love with it and you want to join and be in this vibrant scene. But one of the problem or one of the Uh, yeah, one of the cultural difference, the biggest cultural difference that I see for people who are visiting and coming to Vietnam from the uh, Western world mm-hmm. is that the culture here are very different. Like the way people do business, the way people uh, like hang out and networking is very, very different from like other scenes. So if you coming in here with no idea what's going on here, Uh, sometimes you cannot enjoy the full experience. Mm-hmm. And I've seen so many people who come here with a lot of hopes, with a lot of like excitement to see, I'm going to bring this new technologies, amazing idea startups to Vietnam and bring Vietnam into a, like a better uh, like scene, a country or something. But how things turned out, sometimes give them disappointment and eventually leave Vietnam. So... For me, as somebody that grew up here, know about Vietnam very well and understand the culture very well, I see the gap in their understanding about Vietnam before they go and start something or living or moving here. Mm-hmm. So that's why I want to create Vietnam Risings to actually share the insights of people who have been living and doing business here and being successful here so that other people who are planning their path to come and discover Vietnam, they are able to, um, yeah, to, to have a new resource to study and to research before making their plans and moving here. Yes, that's so awesome. So you definitely took a very sort of practical approach to it. And I think I, I definitely resonate with what you were saying, because when I first started, one of my big fears or I, I knew that I would fall short in a way is, first of all, I don't speak Vietnamese. I mean, that's just such a barrier to uh, hindering the total experience that you could have if you did speak the language. So I was worried that I'd be making this podcast and like it just wouldn't it just wouldn't resonate with most people. Uh, and also when I started in, 2019, barely anyone even knew what a podcast was here. They, they didn't even like know the word podcast or even still today, like sometimes if I bring it up, people aren't necessarily aware of podcasts. Um, but it, I've definitely seen in the past few years that it's growing more in popularity and I see a lot more Vietnamese speaking podcasts on Spotify. So it's definitely growing But yeah, I was worried that 
people would view me as like, oh, what is this white girl doing? Like trying to have a, have a podcast in Vietnam. Like she doesn't get it. But luckily I've had pretty positive feedback. Of course, it's only English speaking Vietnamese who could really get to enjoy the podcast. But for the ones that do, they are just really excited to be hearing these concepts. And we talk a lot about mental health and work-life balance and more of these like less practical, but I guess more um, emotional type of things. And it seems to be resonating with a lot of people because that type of stuff isn't necessarily talked about so much publicly in Vietnam. So it seems like people appreciate that. That's great to hear. Yeah. Sounds like you actually found like a niche to uh, to thrive in because actually that's something that Vietnam Rising we are still trying to figure out right now because I'll I'll kind of so basically when I started the podcast I I did struggle and debate between what kind of language I should go like is either is English or Vietnamese yeah Vietnamese is 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 very obvious reason. But for English, the reason I end up deciding to choose that because I want to target people who are looking into Vietnam and want to explore Vietnam more than people who already kind of like understand Vietnamese and understand the culture already. So that's my kind of approach. But it's also kind of hard because we do business podcast interview. That means that everybody's come on, have a different kind of uh, story and insights about their business. And sometimes it's hard for us to keep the audience come back. Mm. What, what do you think? Mm. Oh man. <laughs> I feel like this is something we struggle with too. It's like uh, we try to stay as consistent as possible. And the, I feel like too, the, the actual numbers, like the statistics are so not reliable because Different platforms have different criteria of what is considered a view or what is considered a download or a listen, and it's just so unreliable. So to be honest, we don't even care so much <laughs> about like the numbers, um, mm -hmm. but more as long as we're hearing feedback, like at least getting messages from people of, oh yeah, I really enjoyed that one. And a lot of it too is still kind of for our own enjoyment. Like we're not trying mm -hmm. to, <laughs> to necessarily monetize, but for me, it's just like, oh, I'm interested in this person. So I'm going to have them on the show. And if people like it, cool and if people don't like it fine whatever <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah I, I think that's 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 how podcast sells you know like our podcasts connect with people because they people resonate with those stories and personal story where um you see someone that you're interested on or in the field and then you learn about their story and you realize that their stories are very similar to my story as well Mm -hmm. So that's the beauty of podcasts where we have this kind of long form conversations where we can talk a lot about different things. Yeah, absolutely. And was it difficult for you kind of learning the art and the craft of interviewing and hosting and putting together a podcast episode? Uh, for sure. Um, so I... So my background is nowhere in communications, right? I'm just good at talking with people personally one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. So I thought bringing on them on podcasts would be a great way for me to practice and leveling up my skills. And then the first, I think, I think you actually would able to see how different the, the interview format in my in Vietnam Rising has changed. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, I, I also have the same kind of live visions for podcasts where people coming up, sharing of the business, but they also able to share about their personal story, their personal life strugglings, their challenge and how they overcome it. But then, you know, what I realize is when people coming in on a podcast and they're not familiar as a creator, they are very shy. 
mm-hmm. and sometimes they they don't remember to talk about those personal things because they're stressed of video or recording of all that setup makes them kind of like close up and they are not willing to share uh, about their personal story anymore. So basically we kind of changed our approach from the first season. Uh, most of it, we are script where we ask them a bunch of questions. We send them the script and then we want them to kind of like prepare the answer and then come to the show. But basically from like the half season one to season two, what I did is kind of like you is that when the guests come in, you just start talking, you just start recording. And then all the editing on the intro, everything comes in later. So it mm-hmm. helps the, the guests kind of relax a bit more. But sometimes this is a, a, a trick that I also do is I was just offered them some, their favorite drinks alcoholic alcoholic drinks <laughs> if possible nice uh and and yeah and let people relax people relax and people hang out and then that's when the the real stories are coming out yeah that's awesome i like your idea that you just start recording rather than making it like this whole thing of like okay now we're recording and and giving them alcohol or different ways to loosen them up sometimes we've also done like a quick meditation before starting to just to get centered in your breath, calm the nerves a little bit. And we found too that the actual location, like the vibes of the physical space is so important too. Originally, like a few months ago at the beginning of the year, (laughs) we were just recording in this like gross karaoke studio (laughs) because it was (laughs) the only place we could find in Saigon that was pretty much soundproof and it was like dirty and there were like rats in there and dark and just like so weird (laughs) so we finally ended up investing in in like microphones and you know all the technical tools we needed to be able to set up. And we saw such a shift, like as soon as we're using this professional equipment, we felt more confident because we just felt like, so, I don't know. We just felt like idiots having these little one lapel mic in this creepy karaoke studio, uh, that it just totally shifted everything for us. And then for the guests too, it, it seems like they felt more comfortable and relaxed and confident uh, in that situation as well. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah was... I, th- I agree that the, uh, the setting is, is very important. I'm actually very lucky in my journey of podcasting where uh, initially I also record at Waves. So a few ep- the first three episodes was recorded at Waves. And mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, because of COVID, uh, Waves Studio actually shut down. But then after, co- after kind of like the lockdown last year, one of the guests was offered his Airbnb uh-huh. as our recording studio, which is Sunday Studio. So um, if you come back to Vietnam Rising and you hear episode four, which is done online like this as well, the host of the Airbnb actually offered for us to use one room in his studio for free for like, like actually an entire year in 2020. And we're really grateful because the place is like very cozy. It's well set up. It's, there's a bed there. So it actually makes people kind of like, oh, this is not like a, a, a serious recording studio. It's just a hotel room where there's a bed. If you're too tired <laughs> from recording, it's just lie there and hang out. Like, That's so awesome that they offered that. I feel like with podcasting at the beginning, it's like so unclear how how you're going to figure everything out how it's all going to come together and you can try and sit there and and plan everything out but you could never plan for someone to offer you a free Airbnb studio you know what I mean so it's kind of like you you just take that step forward and you start going on the journey and I I really think people people genuinely want to help other people 
who they see Mm -hmm. doing something inspiring or something that motivates them. So once you just put yourself out there and share share your mission, share your ideas with people, um, you never know who's going to offer you help. And it's similar too with, I don't know if you know, uh, Kelly Vo, mm-hmm. probably saying her name wrong, but Va, yeah. yes, <laughs> from uh, Dear Art Community. And she, yes. she was on the pot on uh, Creators in Saigon before. And she mentioned how she like, she just shared her idea with people and then people were like, yeah, I want to help. And they helped her with her branding and, and all this other stuff. And I, I, in the beginning was very like, I didn't want to ask for help. And I was very like, I'm going to do it all by myself. I have to do it all by myself. Like I'm, I'm independent, whatever. And I wish that at that time, I would have been more open to receiving help from people. What I learned from um, being involved in the business scene in Vietnam is that uh, the network effect here is very strong. As long as you're open and willing to share your challenge and what you're going through, people are willing to help. So I begin my first six months of podcasting by myself. So I have to do all the recording, the scheduling, and the uh, editing by myself. And actually, after six months, um, I was approached by an audience to listen to my podcast and offer to for help. So he's now my podcast team member, where he's actually helped me with all the podcast editing, all the marketing. What you're seeing right now is all him. So. I think it's really amazing how putting yourself out there can bring so much kind of like effect and kind of network and kind of like uh, resource that you would never imagine. And I think, again, it just highlights the fact that like to start something, you don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to know a ton of people to start a podcast as long as you just get started with one that person is going to open you up to their network. And then those people have a network and then it just goes on and on. Um, And I also, as you were talking, it reminded me to what I love about podcasting is, is how it's so fluid and flexible. Like you're saying, it can start off as one thing in the beginning and then it sort of starts to change kind of just yeah yeah, just like going going with the flow and evolving and I think for me I always have trouble I'm really good at starting things but not good at finishing (laughs) things so I always have like 20 random projects that I started and never finished but what I like about podcasting is it's never really finished because you're you're just like it's always ongoing you're always evolving changing um and you're, you're like the owner of it. You can do anything you want with it and you can take it any direction that you want to go. Um, yes. Do you find Podcast that for you like too? It's a, a, a personal <laughs> journey, you know, like it's not only about sharing insight. What I learned is that it's not only about sharing value and insight for people. Yes, that's very important, but it's also important to serve yourself in your journey of creations. Because without having that satisfaction of creating something, you would not able to continue and work towards something and be consistent in it. Mm-hmm. Content creation is so so important in uh, consistency. How do you how do you keep pushing out content, etc.? But I think it's more important. How do you enjoy yourself? How do you make sure that every content that you put out is something that you're proud of and something that helps you in the personal growth way. Mm-hmm. So for me, my podcast, not only just about talking to people and learning about them, but it's also my personal journeys in learning and honing my skill and communications, and then learning and exploring what are the other things outside of business, outside of the scope of doing innovations things and more of like impactful thing and social cost things. And all of this coming into Vietnam Rising is an amazing, amazing journey for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 
So you had mentioned before that you took almost half a year to mentally prepare yourself to commit to podcasting. And it took so long because you had a lot of fears to overcome. I was the same way. It took me, I don't even know, like definitely a lot of months to work through all my mental blocks that were stopping me. So what were the fears and challenges that you had to overcome and how did you do so? Uh, This is a great question. So I took around six months to mentally prepare or uh, get ready for podcasting. So I have the idea since 2019, but then um, there was kind of like two things that stopping me. Number one is I, I know that I need to commit at least one year to podcasting, which to me at the time, time is a privilege where I don't know if I can try to pursue something personal and like a, like a hobby like this for a long, for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And number two is um, fear of rejections. And I'm worried that people are going to not like what I do and I'm not very good at this. So um, those kind of first episodes where people can judge you, I'm just scared that I would say it's something stupid and the internet's going to record that forever, you know? Yeah. So those are the two things that stopping me, was stopping me starting Vietnam Rising. And then luckily, um, I have a friend who actually runs podcasts and he runs for like a few years already. So I asked for his advice and he invited me on the podcast just to experience it. The podcast is a one-one coach podcast, coaching podcast called uh, Outliers to Trailblazers. And then in the podcast, basically, Nima was able to help me solve these questions or these hurdles by asking two questions. Number one is one years of podcasting is equal to interviewing 52 people. Are there 52 people out there that you want to interview? Number two is what is the scariest things could happen if your podcast is a failure? To answer those questions for me is very simple, right? The first one is yes, there are 52 people that I can interview. I, I put on a list to see like if I know 52 people to interview and yes, luckily I know enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, not too bad. I can do that. And the second question is what's the worst things that can happen if my podcast is failures. And answering those questions made me realize that the scariest thing for me is my family rejections of what I'm trying to do. Mm. It's not the internet rejections or judgmental things that makes me care about because thankfully I don't really have a lot of problem of people hating me or, or, or like judging me. Like if there are somebody that outside my circle and they talk things that they don't know about me personally, then I don't really care about it. But to me, it's really important for my people in my circle to support and understand and appreciate what I'm trying to do. So mm-hmm. because of that, I realized that my fear of rejection is not of getting acceptance from the internet, but it's from my family. And, and thankfully that my family is already loving me a lot and already all, always very supporting. So yeah, so after those that sessions, it resolved my issues, my mental hurdles. And yeah, and I started rolling and started doing the podcast. Amazing. I love all the shifts in perspective. So did you right after that, did you talk to your family and say like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this? Like, what do you guys think? Um, I'm more of a person who would do and then I'll show them the result. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically I just started, right? Yeah. I'm just, I just started, right? But, but I, but once I know that I will have my family support anyway, because they has been always very supporting what I do. So, I, yeah, so, so I just do it and then like, I start showing them and even though they don't really understand what I'm doing, uh, but they still support it by just like, yeah, just 
really happy that I can pursue something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I think it, it makes sense because what I've observed of Vietnam culture is like such a strong family bond and emphasis on the importance of family. So it definitely makes sense that there was that fear and it's, it's so important for anyone, for any creator to have that support network and just know that there are people who will love you no matter how much you screw up, no matter how much it fails, because that just gives you the courage and motivation, I guess, to do it anyway. So I'm curious when you were initially uh, thinking about starting the podcast, what would success mean to you? Mm, I think success means for me for podcasting or what I envision for the podcast is a conversations where both me and the guests feeling fulfilled and feeling like we learned something and we have and we got something outside of that out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. That to me is the utmost important over marketing, over audience, like viewership and all that. I want the people who in that conversations to learn and feel happy to able to share those things. So yeah. that has been my vision. And as I shared earlier, it's actually really difficult to bring people out of that show, to open, to share, and to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. especially on camera and on recording. So I would say the pivot point for me is, um, I think, episode nine, which is uh, episode with the first female uh, guest on my podcast uh, is Ella uh, from Vulcan. Mm-hmm. And I would say that episode is capture what exactly I envisions for my podcast. Mm-hmm. A heartfelt conversations where both of us are brown and happy to share what we learn from that conversations and we support each other and we've hap- we're feel happy for each other. So up, up until that ninth episode, um, basically what I would do is that I would try to find a way to bring that side out for my guests. And it's definitely challenging because, yeah, yeah as I told you, right? Like people never on a recording and even if they're not a creator, that's that's the thing, right? If you if you interview somebody that is not in the marketing or in creating field and they don't know much about marketing and they don't know much about those things, then it's actually extremely hard to bring that side out for them. It's not easy, but it's your job as the creator, as the host to make your guests comfortable enough to start sharing all those things. Mm-hmm. And that is the journey for everybody to find what is your way to make that person or that guest to feel comfortable with you enough to share about their, their stories. So my trick would be um, alcohol. <laughs> uh, yes. I find, I find that I'm also very, um, very nervous on camera. Uh-huh. You know, one thing about like my, like my team always make fun of me is that if we do podcasting with no script, I would be fine. But if there's like a strip, Part where like hi guys welcome to Vietnam Rising the kind of intro thing mm-hmm. I, we always have to take several takes because I always fail for the first like two times <laughs> so I myself is very nervous too so I understand exactly how it gets coming on you never face camera and now there's like camera there's light there's like microphone in front of you and you have to talk right right so find a way to make them comfortable. So for me, it's alcohol. If they like alcohol or if they don't lie or they don't prefer not to drink, I would prefer to talk and interview and hang out with them as a person first before we get on into a sessions. So what I would do for any guests is that we, I would actually meet them uh, first, hang out, talk to them, get to know them as a person so that I would understand who are they are as a person and how can I bring out that side of the story for them? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I think too, sometimes 
with another person, there's just not an energy match. It's almost like with dating, how Mm -hmm. the, the person across from you, they could be a great person. They're nice. They have like, maybe they have all the qualities that you're looking for in that person. But once you sit down actually face to face, there might just not be any chemistry there for whatever reason. And we don't always know why. And I think it can be the same with podcast guests. Cause I know for me, sometimes it's like the perfect guest on paper and I'm just like yeah. so excited to interview them. And then when you actually get into it, there's like this awkward <laughs> energy and <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> and I, I think, yeah, like some of the tips that you mentioned can help, but sometimes there's just nothing you can do. You know, sometimes there's, it's just not an energy match. And I think that's okay. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we have had episodes where uh, some of them were like, you know what? We're, we're not going to publish this because this is too hard for us. Uh, for yeah. both the guests and me, like the chemistry is not there. Like even though like, like wait, the funny thing is those episodes are people that from people that supposed to be good at marketing, good at communications, good at public speaking. And sometimes <laughs> it's just not there, you know? Yeah. Or, or sometimes they are used to with a different kind of like communications because podcasting is very different. Like if you are somebody like in sales, in public speaking, big speaking, and then you in like um, like presentations, the way you talk is completely different from being vulnerable, sitting on a table and just share about your story. Yeah. And I think in Vietnam, there has not enough people that have that kind of skill. Absolutely. So and you know what I really like? So I have a lot of... Uh, I realized that women are actually more open and comfortable to share online and publicly about their challenge. Yes. This is what I learned from Vietnam Rising too, is like the male guests and female guests, both are very great, but I can totally see the difference when we're going to that vulnerable kind of like personal story. Male guests, are easily and comfortably sharing about what their visions, what kind of uh, passion that they have. But it's very, very difficult and hard to get out that hard, real difficult story that they have to go through to get to their journey. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, women are just so good at that. So much to so good and open and so so good and opening up and sharing about like what are the challenge, but I definitely can see that the female guests could be more confident in sharing mm-hmm. what they believe and why they believe it. Mm. That's so interesting. Yeah, I'm just sitting here trying to like think about why that would be. I mean, it makes sense because. I feel like I definitely struggle, at least when I was working in a corporate environment, to share my ideas and be confident in my ideas. It's a lot harder than opening up and talking about the more vulnerable side of things. Yeah, have I you- think because culturally, like sex culture, we have always, the women has always been encouraged to be emotional, be sharing, be the mother likely or like feminine side of sharing your difficulties. Mm-hmm. But whenever there's a bit of confidence, we can either become a a bitch of like too confident, don't want, don't know what she's doing, or yes. yeah. So and and that kind of culture imposing on women definitely make us all self conscious and sharing our idea and confident. So I think it's so important, and I hope that everybody could find confident people around you in your circle and just mimic it. Either mm-hmm. it's men, it's women. If you find somebody that are very confident, very believe in what they do, listen to them, learn from them and get that. Fake it until you make it. You know, like if confidence is not something that you truly have in yourself and you need to build that up. But confidence is something that you need to practice, right? Everybody has imposter syndrome where you don't believe in yourself and don't believe in what you're doing. But practice to have confidence, practice to believe in what you do and what you say, 
and it will change how you react to the world and how things will come to you. And I think too, it also kind of depends because as I'm thinking about our guests, I think we've been lucky actually to have very vulnerable men on the podcast. Um, oh, wow. That's yeah. And in the reverse, we've had some women where it was difficult to break them open and they were quite closed off. So I think too, maybe it's not, I mean, there's definitely is a part of it that is the cultural thing and the different sort of societal stereotypes and pressures that have been placed on the different genders. But also I think mm-hmm. just where where people are at in their journey in terms of how self-aware they've been, what type of self-discovery, self-reflection work have they done, and even what kinds mm-hmm. of circumstances have happened in their life. Because if they've gone through a really, really difficult time and they just like hit rock bottom or had something that they had to overcome and they've gone through the, that healing process and come out of it, I think that helps someone to ultimately be more vulnerable in a way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. other people, maybe they just haven't yet had those sorts of awakening moments to be more vulnerable yet. For sure, for sure. And that's the art of the creator where where you have to balance and filter out people where you see that their story is fitting into your, um, your content and how, and how willing, how open they are to share. And then there's also, if you approaching people that are not yet open to share many reasons, right. Um, Then are you as the host able to help them to unlock that? So yeah. do you find, so what part of the podcasting and creating uh, Creator in Saigon makes you feel fulfilled? Uh, definitely when I hear from, from the listeners of just like, wow, this helped me so much. And I think there are so many silent listeners who, who they've never said anything to me, but like mm-hmm. they're out there. Maybe a a month ago or a few weeks ago, I posted on my Instagram stories that I might have to leave Vietnam in October because of work permit issues. And a few people who I'd never like talked to before, I didn't know who they are. They messaged me and responded like, oh my gosh, I'd be so sad if you left and if creators in Saigon was over, like, I, I really love it. So that's really nice. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. And, and of course, um, being able to help the guests in any way I can just be able to sort of give them the platform to share their story and to see them sort of having new insights that maybe they wouldn't have gotten to had they not had a conversation about it it's almost therapeutic in a way, like at the end of the episode, sometimes if it's a particularly vulnerable one, they're like, wow, that Mm. was really, really therapeutic. Or I hadn't thought of things like that before. And so sometimes we can just hit those like really juicy insights and it's just so, (laughs) it's so exciting. Yeah. That's amazing to hear. My visions for the podcast is how to share about people who are doing things in Vietnam, amazing things. How do I get them to share about their passions and share about what makes them so proud of their achievement? Mm-hmm. And, and it's just amazing to watch people to come out of that realizations and have that confidence when they start talking about what they love, what they believe and why they are good at what they do. And yeah, just like I said earlier, right? There's Yes, they are good at what they do, but sometimes actually they're not very confident in how they are good at. But mm-hmm. getting on a podcast, talking about it, listening to yourself, saying those things really, really help people to ingrain in themselves what they believe and why they are doing what they're doing. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So I'm going to turn it around and ask it back to you. What brings you the most joy and what are you most proud of in this whole process? Yeah, thank you. My most fulfilled moment would be where the guests, myself, to find values and enjoy the conversations. Uh-huh. That to me is utmost important. And that is what keeps me going. And I think the second thing would be actually hearing, of course, hearing from the listeners, telling that all they enjoy this, they find it's very insightful. And I actually know certain people who reach out to my guests after the episode. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like more opportunities actually came to them. Like for Vulcan, I think one of the listener was a student study abroad in Mm -hmm. the U.S. And he's he's actually was considering to came back to to Vietnam to join Vulcan. Wow. It's really fulfilling. And that's what keeps me going. Yes. Amazing. Well, I think we've made our case here. Hopefully people now are convinced to start <laughs> start some kind of project, whatever it may be, whether podcasting is your platform, YouTube, writing a book, like whatever it is that that you just you want to do it for yourself first, mm-hmm. like your your yeah. own sort of personal growth, your own journey, and then just seeing how it evolves how it grows and all the positive ripple effect benefits that come from it. So our final question uh, that we ask everyone is how would you describe Saigon in three words? Mm. This is a great question. I think my three word for Saigon is going to be potential, vibrant, and kind. Mm-hmm. Um, potential and vibrance. You already know I'm doing Vietnam Rising, which basically talk about the potentials and how the culture here are potentials in general in the city. But I think kind is something that is so, so important to highlight about Saigon. Because right now, I think um, Saigon is under strict lockdown. We have uh, like the highest breakout ever of COVID cases. All the districts are locked. You cannot travel between district. The countries are locked. People who living in the same area of the infected case have to stay indoor for at least two weeks before the, you know, like that kind of restriction. But what I've able to see is that so many people has trying to help those who are unfortunate Every single day on my social media, a lot of it I see is that people who are calling other people for help, like a lot of donations are happening. A lot of NGOs are just putting forces and make sure that the, the impacted people of this lockdown are able to get help. Basically, like a, a quick example is that if your neighborhood have a confected case, they will bar and don't let you go out for two weeks right Mm -hmm. but if your neighborhood is locked down there will be definitely groups of NGO and charity groups to go there every single day and make sure that every household in that neighborhood will have food and supplies to live through those two weeks Mm -hmm. and I think that is just amazing because compared to where I'm at right now, where Singapore, which is really nice, and we also in and out locked out every single other month, then the heartwarming feelings where you know that your city and your community will help you when you ask for it is very, very nice. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be something people would really enjoy and appreciate about signing on. I love that. I think that's the first time we've had we've had that perspective of describing Saigon on the podcast. So thank you very much for bringing that oh, to, yeah. to our it. listeners. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Tam, for being with us. And I know a lot of people will get value from this. Uh, and to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please 
share with your friends. We want to get Tam's story out and get more and more people to know about the Vietnam Rising podcast and all the amazing guests on there as well. Thank you for having me on Creators in Saigon. And I hope everybody as well as you enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for listening to Creators in Saigon. If you liked this episode, become a part of our mission to inspire others by leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts and sharing this episode with your friends on social media. This one small act can truly make a difference in someone's life. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and see you next time.